0: This is TVU a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by darkfazzy.com.
1: And if I see Van Helsing, I swear to the Lord I will slay him. Ha ah, ah, ha ah, ah, ha ha, he'd take you from me, but I swear I won't let it be so. Ah, 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 blood will run down his face when he is decapitated Ah, his head on my mantle is how I will let
0: this world know how much I love you
1: die die Morning, America. We are recording. We're
0: listening to TV at my dinner. I have to, I, The mic is so pointed away from my mouth because it seems really hot. That's good. So hopefully, this will work out a lot better than the last one.
1: We're sorry, we were crap again.
0: <laughs> That's another one of the, the taglines of this show.
1: Ambitious but rubbish.
0: <laughs> Everything That's from Top Gear. Is, sorry, the show sucked. Hey, at least people listen. I was looking at the forum, and I was like, "Hey, people posted on Venus Skytrap, and it's like you and Rude." Uh, like, there, I have seen zero evidence that anyone other than the people in Venus Skytrap listen. I have heard no feedback from anyone other than the people who do it. That show, that show is all for the people in that show.
1: Well, I haven't listened to it yet, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, so maybe it's for nobody. Maybe it's just for you. It
0: might just be for my gratification. I guess I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> but if there is a, a silent listener out there wondering why it takes so long to make episodes, it's because it's a lot of work for for just apparently practice. You are listening to TV ate my dinner. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Lynn.
1: I think you should go back and do that. I don't think it was excited enough. It was a poor thing. Well,
0: I feel like we already started talking, so I'm just kind of going back, <laughs> going, for those of you just coming in, there's a TV at my dinner. Thank you for joining us.
1: Well, usually like you just be, yeah, oh, no, your TV at my dinner, yay, yay. Because usually it's an attention me.
0: getter, but if they're already listening and I start yelling, everyone starts wondering what's going on. Like, what happened? What's this problem. <laughs> to roll dinner. out. I'm coming undone. I just <laughs> well, want you to, to like me. me.
1: Listen, I'm talking yeah. to you.
0: It's going to be great.
1: <laughs> TV at my dinner, yay.
0: Yeah, you're listening to TV at my dinner. I'm Sean and this is Lynn. Ah. Yes. No one cares at all.
1: A quiet moan of applause. And there was much rejoicing.
0: <laughs> so we do what we can. All right, We t- tonight we are talking with, with, with Halloween right around the corner. I don't we, do Halloween. Re- Delivering, as promised, the, the much-talked-about Dracula episode tonight. Yes, we are. So um, hope, I hope it turns out to be everything you guys want.
1: Apparently, Sean has copious notes for this episode, people, so strap yourself in. It's probably going to be a two-parter.
0: Oh, yeah. This is, this is really happening.
1: <laughs> it's happening. So in response, I've made no notes. I have finished the book mere hours ago. <laughs> Maybe an <laughs> hour ago good. I finished the book. We've
0: <laughs> all done. I have. Oh God, I've I've read so many stuff and watched so many movies. I even did tonight before recording. Fit in that Francis Ford Coppola one, which I haven't seen in years, just to. Oh dear. Just so I could give a detailed. I wanted to make sure I was correct in in. My my criticism of that, that particular. <laughs> the movie's bad. Adaptation. Put it
1: down, Jesus. What else do we need? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, on a on a repeat viewing especially. I, I I mean there were some visual notes that were good, but but just what a what a waste of the story.
1: Yeah, well that's what I was saying to Ben that very rarely do you actually see a story that is true to the book. Having read the book, I understand why, but they always make up these weird other plots, and I'm just thinking why? I can understand you cutting down the plot because there is a lot of superfluous information in that book. But why they need to make up these other plots and call it Dracula is beyond me. It just I, seems like more work. I don't
0: understand. It's like, I'm convinced, Frankenstein as well, but I'm convinced that there is no director living on this earth that can make a good movie out of Dracula. That may the be Bela so. The Lugosi one is a, is a fun movie, but it's, it's not... It doesn't follow the story of Dracula. It's like Frankenstein with Karloff. It's like a great movie, great new thing you made there. But it's not an adaptation of this book.
1: Well, it has really very so little it, to do with may the book. It just be.
0: I know, and and it has its own charm in that way.
1: Well, and yeah, they, just... they make good movies out of them, and they make bad movies out of them, but they don't make book movies out of them.
0: The Coppola one is very similar to Brandon's Frankenstein in that it almost blows you away in all the ways it is actually parallel to the book. It's like it's so faithful in, in plot, but completely deviates in spirit. <laughs> in yeah. fact, the love story angle just makes you just want to strangle yourself. <laughs> like, oh my God, this is horrible.
1: Well, the love story angle like, really was brought in. It makes no sense. It was brought in in some of the earliest versions of Dracula. In the earliest versions, well, he know, sees the picture of Mina and goes, ooh, I want to go to London for Mina. But in the book, it's very clearly established that he wants to go to London to eat people.
0: Yeah, he's, a, he's purely evil. Yeah, I think it's the stage productions of Dracula. If you watch like the Langella, like, the 70s Dracula adaptation, that's actually adapted from the stage play instead of the, 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 the original book. And that starts introducing all these weird you know, romantic elements. And that's – I don't know. I don't think they were even going with that in the Coppola one. I think they were trying to make it more of an erotic film, which they did. They were trying to make it more sensual. And that was right at that time where where vampires were becoming popular as romantic figures. Buh. And they decided to do that love never dies thing with Dracula. And it's just – it doesn't awful. even work. It just makes you want to vomit. They've got – Yeah. <laughs> Because there's moments where it's very true, and the character is very true, and you're like, "Oh, this' is a good scary Dracula," and then there's just insufferable scenes of him and Winona Ryder, like, "Oh my god," and oh, poor Canoe in that movie. <laughs> He's just like, I mean, nothing's right. They they put him up there. It's like he it's like he didn't know. Like he showed up to school one day and found out that he'd gotten the lead part in a play and didn't even know which play it was. <laughs> Like, like that dream sequence in Buffy where they just put Willow out there and there's like a guy dressed as a cowboy and someone's trying to hand her a plate of cheese and like go oh, your whole family's here you've got to go out there right now that's like what happened to Canoe on that movie <laughs> like you're British in this what? I'm what am i am British like, yeah that's right and then like when he gets the brain fever they, they put like flour in his hair to make it look like grey and stuff it's like this is an embarrassment to all films
1: Brain fever?
0: And the people who watched them. I don't
1: remember that movie as well as, well as I thought they did. <laughs> I did. Brain fever. Know that
0: they, I don't know that they say brain fever in the movie, but that's actually what they say in the book. That's from the book. Where, like, he got in brain the fever. But,
1: oh, he's playing Harker. Yeah,
0: he, play, he plays Jonathan Harker.
1: In the book, in the book he doesn't go grey until Mina gets bitten.
0: Well, either way, yeah, and even then. But they should have just... For
1: in the book, they a, just kind of go. He had a bit of a fright.
0: For a visually strong <laughs> film, that's such a weak element to it, and maybe just putting it, you know, Canoe was at a point in I his career where he's trying Canoe to putting Canoe in as your
1: romantic lead is always going to be something a little bit he, terrible that the for your point movie. Where he's
0: trying to stretch himself like Cage does this too, to not good effect, you know. <laughs> It's there's no. I'm crime sure I can have chemistry and with... not having a range that extends into all things, you know, box your weight.
1: Do you think maybe sometimes they just want to make out with, you know, Jessica Biel? Well,
0: you know, that's fine. You think too. that's what they're doing. That's how Burt Reynolds made all of his decisions. Like, where is it shooting? <laughs> who's in it? Like,
1: who's in it?
0: He had a Who am career. I making out with? Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't argue with his success. As Johnny
1: Depp made out with her, then I'll do it.
0: Yeah, because he was a great actor.
1: <laughs> you can see him using his acting in this movie.
0: Using <laughs> his acting. <laughs> oh. Uh, but so obviously, the story of Dracula goes back much further than that. And um, what I find interesting about Dracula is that the story of, that, that Dracula sort of shares an origin with with Frankenstein in a sort of indirect way. Now we talked about indirect. this during the Frankenstein episode. I should have listened to that episode also. This is almost a companion piece to that. Should have refreshed my memory on that one. But
1: oh, we've been doing so much research. We didn't have I know, time like, I for I have everything. To actually have to research my, to what stuff. I said. <laughs> yeah, it's too much. Oh, God.
0: But anyway, yeah, I didn't get a chance to rewatch Gothic before this, but but I do remember the film. So anyway, but but the the Frankenstein story is most prominently known by but it's not really an urban myth because it really did happen but it's been mythologized. Well, the story of the this, the story uh, of the old of The summer of 1816 is when uh, Byron, Percy Shelley, Mary Shelley and uh, Polidori all came together in uh, Switzerland. Yes. And this actually started this becomes important to the vampire mythology also. There's a weird aberration of that story that puts Bram Stoker there with them and he came up oh. with the idea of Dracula at the same time. And that you know, that's absolutely not true. Bram Stoker was not contemporary to those people, he wasn't born when this because happened,
1: the, the 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 connection there is be, that they all decided to write a horror story. Polly Dory tried to write a vampire story.
0: Well, see, that's what ended up happening. Paul Dory's role is actually much more nefarious, because actually in the movie Gothic, Paul Dory is played by the actor who plays uh, the Rat Guy from uh, Harry Potter, Peter Pettigrew, oh, yeah. and it's sort of apropos <laughs> because. Uh, because Palladori is kind of like the guy who's hanging out with them, who is out of his depth socially.
1: Oh, well, like because in Harry Potter,
0: he travels. Yes, exactly like that. Actually, Peter Pettigrew hanging out with like uh, James Potter and them is exactly that they like uh, the relationship that Padmori had. That guy's like,
1: I got cast as this again.
0: Yeah, uh, oh, man, I've done this before. What is it
1: about me that people think I'm socially inept?
0: I'm actually quite yeah, why, the gentleman. Why don't Women I love look me. Like, like a dashing gentleman? <laughs> but so
1: anyway, polydore. It was
0: conventional, yeah. Byron wanted to travel to Switzerland and, and through a bunch of different places. He wanted to do some traveling across the world and end up in Switzerland. And back then, you, you took a doctor with you. It was dangerous to travel. You took a doctor with you. And well, was if you were going to probably get so many
1: sexually transmitted diseases as Byron was going to, you know, you'd want to take a doctor. Well, I mean,
0: they also had to look at exposure and all kinds of things. Travel was not easy back then <laughs> either. Yeah, Byron had all kinds of pitfalls he needed to look out for. And Polidori was a charming sort of fella, and he was a doctor, and so he traveled with with Byron as his doctor. And as the story goes, everything was cool until they finally all converged on uh, Byron's place in in Switzerland. I think in Geneva is where all this happens.
1: So where all the best conventions are. Yeah.
0: And uh, that's where they meet up with the Shelleys, and apparently, as the story goes, Polidori was no fan of Percy Shelley, because uh-huh. there's a little bit of jealousy going on there between these two just falling Which in love too? with each other over poetry all the damn time.
1: Okay, so Polidori was jealous of Of
0: the two of them, yeah. Because up until that okay. point, he'd been Byron's sole travelling companion. And you can kind of get from the story, if the story, as, as you end up hearing, is, is in any way to be believed. And I actually believe, based on some of the things we're going to say later on, that this is probably true, that Polidori was sort of a social angler. And that being friends well, with I, Byron I... helped him it... in that.
1: <laughs> Given all of that, I can understand why uh, Percy's wife wrote a story about isolation
0: yeah well see the funny thing about that story is that when they all decided they were going to do it and this is how the Polidori story kind of evolves they all just decide they're going to write a ghost story and Polidori did not write a vampire story at that time he wrote <laughs> if you read the introduction to uh, to Frankenstein. Mary Shelley actually talks about it, and she just has this sort of sad, condescending way of saying, "Polidori came up with this terrible story about a, a woman with a skull face, and it was just awful. <laughs> Trying to see something through a keyhole, who knows? Probably something lurid." <laughs> and that was like I fell a,
1: asleep the, while he was doing yeah, it.
0: Yeah, was like poor Polidori. Like, so you could already get that he's he's probably the subject of some some ridicule, and that story obviously <laughs> never saw print. But what he did end up writing was actually almost completely plagiarized from Byron because Byron came up with his fragment of a novel, which is a vampire story. So I don't think it's specifically stated in it that it's a vampire story, but the story is about, strangely enough, a sort of affluent gentleman traveling with a socially angling young man who's trying to <laughs> win his affection so that he can improve his status.
1: So Dracula and Renfield were born, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from those by, characters.
0: By uh, I think his character was named. Uh, let's see what. Darvell Augustus Darvell was Byron's vampire, and the whole story, which is incomplete because he was planning to write a novel until he got tired of it, and is all about Darvell and his young ward traveling to some far off land, and he ends up being killed or mortally wounded and, and swears the young man to an oath not to reveal what he is or what he's done. And they don't really specify either one. It's a kind of neat, like, set up for this vampire's resurrection because he's telling him all these specific things he has to do on the night that he dies, you know, presumably so that his body will return. Now, a couple years later, Polidori comes out with a story called The Vampire. And it's about Ruth, then, who's this aristocratic, well-to-do, affluent gentleman who is, of course, nothing but bad. And he preys on young people, and he preys on young women, and uh, he steals the virtue of all he knows. And his noble young companion follows him and is led astray. <laughs> it's like he basically rewrites the story... So, that he's so it's the hero either
1: plagiarized it. Or maybe it's just a writing back It may not be a plagiarism it's, as such It is but...
0: plagiarized though Because there is a scene where Ruthven is dying And it is almost the same conversation <laughs> Verbatim that happens Where he swears him to an oath Although Polidori takes it even further And by the end of the story Ruthven comes back With a nefarious Although not very Comprehensible plot To marry his sister so it's like he comes. To, not only does he kill young women and, and all this stuff, but he will actually date your sister <laughs> and because he's sworn to an oath not to say anything. And thus was born quandary.
1: vampire douchebaggery, which yeah, is almost the from the
0: get go by by making Byron the the, the the progenitor of the vampire race. He, <laughs> he created completely the archetype of the the aristocratic douchebag vampire. <laughs> and this that was works. so close that at some point when it first was published, it was actually credited to Byron, which created another misconception that this this famous vampire story was written by Byron. He kind of deserves the credit because it was more or less stolen from him in concept at the very least. And it was definitely retaliatory, I think. <laughs> but that's by you know by 1819 so like three years later because this whole the whole summer thing I mean gothic is a movie that depicts that in a fictional sense but doesn't really do the true story justice because gothic has a whole supernatural element to it but it's a a sort of fun real story about you know Polidori just kind of Melting down over the course of this summer To the point where it finally culminates in him Challenging Percy Shelley to a duel And getting tossed <laughs> like, Sounds a bit so like Amadeus definitely, he de- Yeah, he's like the Salieri Yeah But but so there's definitely Some animosity there that ends up Spawning the, the first the, the, the British And certainly the, the western idea Of the vampire so he does bag. deserve the credit by popularizing that concept, whether I'm assuming that Byron intended for his story to be a vampire, although I don't believe he uses the term vampire in in the fragment, but I assume that he intimated that to them when explaining the story to them
1: well, given in, that he had in a in very rich and full imagination he was he lived a full life, he was an interesting person, he might have put a very different spin on it, like the vampire' genre could have been could have gone in a very different direction if he had have actually... That,
0: that novel if completed could have gone somewhere. That There's a lot of truth to that because it is sort of, if you get a chance, I was lucky to just have this sitting in my library and didn't even know it till I started doing this research, but but I had a book that had the fragment in it and had the Dory story and a bunch of other stuff we're going to talk about. So that aided my research to a great extent. Oh, my library's got nothing but chance, Suki
1: Stackhouse. house. <laughs>
0: and we're not going to get to that at all tonight. <laughs> sort of at least the, the least the, the, the indirectest sense.
1: <laughs> so we're on to Polidori's published this story you said 3 years before.
0: Polidori publishes 3 years after the oh, three the, summer years after the summer of, of the summer of love. So by 1819 we have what what should be to his credit the introduction of the vampire into then British, but now just in general Western literature. So
1: when was Carmilla published?
0: Carmilla was not published until 1872. So much later. And actually, before Carmilla came along, somebody did a lot more than Polidori. Because Polidori's story, besides just saying it's a vampire and saying he preys on young, innocent women, which is something that that remained with vampires pretty much consistently, that idea. Yep. But I think he also killed them with a knife. I don't. There was no suggestion of the actual like mechanics of it, or the fangs, or, or any of that kind of stuff. And I and he didn't seem to draw from any. Well, if you'll remember that uh, myth, Dracula the was killed with a knife. Ends doing. Well, I mean, he killed with a knife. Oh,
1: okay. He didn't, he didn't teeth have teeth or anything.
0: Right. That makes sense. And how to kill the vampires is barely even suggested except for the idea suggested by byron that he he also put in which was that the moonlight can heal them
1: well that's interesting because when you look at when you look at the actual dracula story by bram stoker there's there is a myriad of different powers and things that just haven't filtered down these days because they're just too much on the special effects budget
0: well and there's a lot of misconception i didn't realize like I didn't realize how late in the game the idea of sunlight killing them came in. Yeah. Like this is not this this is not part Again, of the myth. it's from at the all. movies. And that that blew me away. Yeah. Like as far as I can tell, the very first time anybody ever did that was Nosferatu. And that and it probably was the first time. And that really just comes down to wanting to have a neat ending. Can't go around. Yeah. I mean, stakes and sunlight basically came about in the movies because it's too gory to say that they have to be beheaded and their hearts are cut in half. That's how it has happened. Stakes only factor into the stories to sort of hold them down. Yeah. I mean, the stakes come in early on, but but they're not necessarily mentioned as a way to kill them. It's just another thing you have to do.
1: Well, that's a whole process you have to do.
0: Yeah, there's a whole big business. Like, technically chop the head off, fill the mouth with garlic, you know, burning's good. Then there's never I've never seen a vampire story where they do all of those things. So apparently that's not all necessary to the process. But but um, Carmilla has a neat one where you you, st- you actually steal their burial clothes because they can't return to their graves without them.
1: I think that was something that came from some of the urban myths. The, you know the, the the superstition around at the time. I think Carmilla I think drew was on the to do myths. With
0: those. Carmilla was one of the first yeah. ones because v- the next one before Carmilla. Like in 1845, is uh, a penny dreadful called Varney the Vampire?
1: Oh, Varney the Vampire!
0: <laughs> yeah, I almost I, awesome. I almost cringe to say it because I've been listening to the LibriVox recordings of Varney for forever, and I mean I'm not even done with volume one in in the audio. It just <laughs> I mean it's well, a tome. The
1: longer you write it, the more people have to buy. Well, see,
0: there I'm are so many things that Varney brought. To vampires that it's you can't really dismiss him but it is a difficult story to get through because as a penny dreadful i mean these are books was a great it idea that you wrote a chapter you sold it for a penny it was a serial it was the, f- the first yeah. serialized idea you know for at least in, in english i don't know it, it may predate but so is essentially a soap opera because he's just coming mm-hmm. up with stuff week for week. It's like, this chapter's about this. And it's nonsense. It's just a meandering mess. The story stops making sense. <laughs> it, it just, these aside, it's just... No, it's more
1: like a TV it's show. It's worse
0: than Dracula. It's a totally TV a, a TV show. And they just... You well, know, I
1: had a lot of trouble getting through Dracula. So if it's worse than Dracula, I'm not going to try on Varney.
0: Varney is long. What's
1: the name? is Varney anyway. Good Lord. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Apparently there was one called Wagner the Werewolf too. Uh, I guess the alliteration. Which was... <laughs> considered <laughs> wittier back then than it is now was it was a big thing in the penny dreadfuls i guess but um varney is sort of like dark shadows and in fact varney is basically the grandfather of, of barnabas collins in every way okay. like varney introduces so many things because varney talks about stakes as a as a possible way to kill vampires varney introduces the idea of how they actually prey on people, which is coming in the window at night and, and drinking the blood of the girls and, and all this stuff. The idea that getting bitten by a vampire may turn you into one, when which in Varney is actually more of a direct thing. The, the idea of drinking the vampire's blood doesn't factor into Varney at all. That's basically the main way you do it. Except they sort of suggest that it one bite doesn't do it. You have to be fed on over time. When, yep. Until you're you're almost gone. But there, so there's a complicated. Explanation, but I, you know, I'm almost done with Volume One, which is like I'm on like 50 chapters of this thing, and I have no idea like what's going on with Varney, or they keep introducing every now and then some other part of the backstory that you think so this is going to play into it. Like but I'm not sure it ever does. It's a lot just of making up so shit as goes along. Sounds around. like a
1: fun way to write.
0: In a lot of ways, Varney is a lot of fun. I'm I'm gonna have to dedicate myself to getting through it, even though. You know the the research element is done now that we record this, but they sort of introduce Varney with with in some places as a as a romantic kind of figure. He's there there are episodes where he sort of meets that archetype. You know, he starts out as the typical what we think of the of the typical coming through the window kind of vampire.
1: The window you know, vampire. Varney
0: is also <laughs> the window vampire. Yeah, Varney is also healed by moonlight. Okay, It's kind of Good a funny Barney. one. He doesn't need to be invited in. That doesn't come till Dracula. Yeah. Or you could argue Carmilla, but it's not a legalistic rule in Carmilla. Carmilla. <laughs>
1: legalistic. But that's the thing. I mean, it's difficult to say how much of this came... Like, it entered the cultural consciousness through those... In the literature through those uh, novels, but people... Already had those ideas. Superstition already had these ideas. Well,
0: sure. I mean, the myths came from somewhere. So Bram
1: Stoker and Varney—they didn't—they didn't think well, up Well, the these
0: story things. is. Well, it's hard to say. In some cases, what where they they may have like with the movies. Sometimes people do take difficult. the myth and they add to it, and then you can't tell the difference. What they did and what they're credited as doing here is not in creating the idea, but making it popular. I mean, this is all introducing. Mm. Like Varney introduced the vampire to pop culture. And you can you can see that almost exactly. I mean everything. I mean he predates Dracula, you know, by 50 years. So Varney definitely brought all these things, and it was super popular at the time. It was crazy. I mean, 220 chapters. This thing went on. I can imagine. This is a long-running penny dreadful. They generally you see this printed in about three different volumes. If you want to buy a copy of Varney the Vampire, all.
1: Was it was it teenage girls buying these probably. things? Probably. <laughs> was buying them? I wonder.
0: You know, well, man, probably not housewives girls, who but, are bored. But well, it's like TV of the time, you know. The, the regular people got like they liked, and these they were sort of shocking. These stories, I mean, they're really gory for the time. They, these, do they, they the all end on a on the cliffhanger? Them. Not really. They don't really seem to <laughs> story wise. Not that interesting. <laughs> they really all have the feeling of him just writing something on a napkin the night before.
1: <laughs> and then just, no, 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 I'm pretty drunk. I'll write it down, whatever. Oh,
0: God. And then this admiral comes in or whatever. And then he writes this story that takes <laughs> place in a castle 300 years ago. What? Who's that? Like, I honestly, while I'm driving and listening to this stuff, especially, God bless them, not all LibriVox volunteers are, are engaging readers. So every now and then you kind of just zone out, and then you come back and you're like, I have no idea what the hell's is happening. Like when you wander out of the about.
1: when you wander out of the room when the TV's on, you come back and you're like, who's that? What are they doing?
0: Yeah, but with the case of these, it's like you're wandering out of the t- the, the room while someone's explaining what was on TV, and then you have to get back into their narrative style to understand okay. what they're describing. But Varney has a lot of good stuff to offer. So I definitely, if you are an enthusiast of, of the beginnings of, of of the vampire culture, I would definitely check out Varney from a historical perspective. It's kind of interesting because there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of confusion and or controversy as to who actually wrote Varney the Vampire. Because apparently, possibly now, multiple authors. Well, there's there's different candidates as to who actually gets credited with it. He's mostly considered at this point to it, to have been written by Thomas Prescott Prest, which is what who uh, LibriVox and Wikipedia I think, <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, but for a long time, and you still will see printed editions of it that credit uh, James Malcolm Reimer as the author. And there was actually one on ma- Amazon I wanted to buy where that just said Thomas Peckett Prest. So it's like, <laughs> it's like it was whatever, just really just it was really Shakespeare people don't even care
1: I don't think but it matters really It
0: uh, well it, it would matter if it was me that did it I'd want, but I mean it doesn't you matter be, towards the quality of the story it's as important as, as whether or not Byron wrote the vampire at this point but it's so a fun got- addition I really think that's the Sobiper vampire I really think that's the progenitor of, of Anne Rice and all that stuff
1: well, that's the thing. Dracula nowadays is considered literature, but it wasn't when it was came out. It wasn't supposed to be high literature. It wasn't written to be anything other than just a, a gory horror thing to get the people in to the theatres and that sort of business. So it wasn't never supposed to be. Uh, well, you read Frankenstein and you get this idea that she was trying to say something. You read Dracula and you really get the feeling like he was just trying to, you know, make something gory is and there, fun. He's
0: writing a monster story. It's I do a monster think there's story. an allegory there. That we can talk about, but definitely he's writing a monster story, and that's yeah. his purpose. And I think that's the actual charm. Like we were talking about before about the Three Musketeers. It's like you, <laughs> it's got a date on it that you now think of it as literature. But you know, it, Alexander it was Dumas meant wrote to be enjoyed a lot of as stuff an adventure story,
1: and he didn't. He wasn't always. You know, he was writing for the
0: masses. Well, yeah. I mean, Melville did. You know, the books that are considered great now were considered crappy back then. You know what I mean? Because they they weren't embraced by a mainstream audience. That's just the way it is. Or
1: they weren't written to be literature. They were written to be fun.
0: Some books are great books, and they are not considered as important. You know, Lord help us in Fifty Years of Twilight. I'd much rather read Cannery Row than The Pearl or Of Mice and Men. But But uh, as a John Steinbeck book, The Cannery canner Row is not considered as, as important. No good reason. It's actually a better book. It's certainly more entertaining.
1: So we come to Carmilla, oh, which is happens. not really... It's it's kind of more Carmilla's of a ghosty a, story.
0: a fun one. Carmilla is a ghosty story in a lot of ways. Because she does a lot of cool things. This is actually... This is actually a very good story. As it's opposed much to more of a, of
1: a beautiful gothic horror.
0: And it brings a lot of beautiful touches to the idea that like, you could make a good movie. There is a movie based on Carmilla called The Vampire Lovers, which is like an old uh, <laughs> Hammer movie. <laughs> and it's fun. Well, it introduces but, us
1: to the concept of the lesbian vampires. So, I mean, you,
0: Yeah, well, that's where the, the immediate appeal of making a movie is. But, but in, in the actual story, there's not a lot of
1: there. that in there. There's not a lot of... You know, zesty vampire lesbian action. It's no. it's much more. They
0: got away with what they could get away with. The yeah. Suggestion is is much is, is is much worse. You know, because you're like, ooh, because every time you think, <laughs> oh god, what's so, it's what's about to happen, because it's so overt. Like, but nothing overtly happens. No. But the idea it 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 much more effectively introduces the idea of the vampire as, as seduction. Yes. Of, you have to invite the vampire in. In this case, not literally they can't walk through the door if you didn't invite them, but there's this whole element of... she. I keep saying she. The the story was not written by Carmilla. It's about Carmilla. But the concept (laughs) of, of Carmilla introduces a lot of stuff that becomes important to the psychology of vampires as a monster. Yes. Because it's gripped by pathology. Things that Carmilla must do. And rules she has to follow, yeah. And one of them is you have to draw her in. They have this long sort of con game that they do to sort of convince people to to insist that she stay with them,
1: yeah.
0: And then once she's in the home, she just rips it open from the inside out. Shouldn't have to do that because there's a sides to the story where she goes to the peasant people and just eats peasants left and right. <laughs> you know, there's a funeral every other day. She doesn't have to do that. But that's part of her game.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's part of the pathology of being a vampire. For her, it's part of her, I don't know, craziness, if you will. It's part of her thing that she needs to do this. She needs to feed on their emotions as well as anything else.
0: I think that that also that they bring out the rules really well because down to little things. Like Carmilla... She keeps coming up with pseudonyms for herself, but each pseudonym has to be anagrammatical to her actual name.
1: There's like only so many point of them she's around? She's called
0: Malarco or Myrcala. Yeah, no one catches on. But but it, it's an interesting idea that the reason vampires as a monster have so many rules is that they're sort of neurotic. Yeah. Like she can't. Like, yeah, you have to be buried in your own grave. You gotta wear your own death clothes. You know, you you can't even change your name without just switching the letters around. People have to invite you in. These aren't like magical rules where a vampire is actually barred at the door if someone doesn't say you can come in.
1: It's their own neurosis. Well, that is something that has come up in modern times that vampires are kind of neurotic. I've been reading vampire mythology books that say that you can get rid of vampires just by putting a string of knots at the window because they'll be forced to stop and count them because, or or rice or salt because they want to stop and count how many are there because they're a little bit OCD
0: I think that goes back to fairy myths the old fairy myths you know and a lot of vampires and, and a lot of the monsters do derive pretty directly from those old fairy myths and they're all like that mostly because the fairies in stories are are so all-powerful that if you didn't give someone some easy way to elude them, you'd just be gripped in terror of the concept. Yeah. So it doesn't work as a cautionary tale if you're just paralyzed by thought of it. So you're like, no, just throw down some salt and run.
1: And like the fairies are originally and the undead.
0: The fairies are?
1: Yeah, in, in early myths, some, some fairies, not all fairies, were actually just dead people. They were ghosts, well, and you would you would, you would find a group of fairies and you would recognize a few faces as people who died recently.
0: I think fairies are pretty much probably the prime monster myth and everything is some kind of, of evolution of that. Yeah. Stuff like Frankenstein and zombies are modern, which make – they're the, they sort of – I really think Frankenstein is the father of zombies and then zombies are, are – Basically, owe their myth to him, but it's all the same thing. Frankenstein is the first new world monster. It's like we made this. It's actually created by science. Yeah, well,
1: that's the like, point of it.
0: Yeah, created so by he's science. the first non fairy. Like vampires actually have an old world kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's why people like the idea of of Frankenstein versus Dracula because it, it is old world versus new world. It's like we, modern man's created myth versus the myths that seem to have just already been here. Hmm. Like Frankenstein's not a monster that predates man, like like fairies or like Cth- Cthulhu kind of thing. <laughs> He's we made him, and that went wrong. Yeah, let's
1: bring out the tentacle and monsters. That's going to help that. our case. <laughs> but, but again, all but powerful think things so that there's nothing we can do against them.
0: But you know, a lot of the old monsters share vampire weaknesses, like this idea of that vampires can't cross water. That's, that goes back further than vampires. <laughs>
1: Unless it's just slack water at sunset or sunrise. Geez, the amount of well, there's always some rules. The amount of rules. Dracula
0: ends up having to travel by boat, by box. It's like it's like he you have to get in a box in a boat. Like he can't even just charter a boat and ride in it. Like he has because like he apparently does not even possess the power to step onto a boat. Is what they're saying.
1: Yeah, for some reason, for some reason people have to.
0: He's got to be carried on. Could
1: carry him, he can't just travel. He can't just off. turn to a wolf and run across the land. Like For some reason, he can't do that, which is really odd.
0: Yeah, if the ship actually wrecks onto the beach, then he can jump off it. That's as far as it goes. Yeah. But he can't so much as step over the water in any sense. And that's a neat idea.
1: Well, unless it's at slack water.
0: That that goes back further than the <laughs> allegory that we're talking about, but which is the, the sort of uh, – old world versus new world as far as what Dracula represents as far as a foreign power but I think he, Bram Stoker used that as a perfect metaphor you know in saying that's exactly why oceans separate us you know we're, our, our empire is separate from their empire and by the ocean they are separated and therefore we are safe from foreign aggression and in the case of Dracula yeah, and, it's literal. and
1: And look at how the the only character that dies in the end scene is the American.
0: That, that's really <laughs> telling in a lot of ways. I Quincy. I actually think that Dracula as an old world versus new world story, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, like we said, it's, he's a foreign power and all that kind of stuff, and we're saving Mary, old England is, is the way you were in it. <laughs> but actually, you know, Stoker was not English, he was Irish. Like, he was not a colonial, but he understood what it was to be sort of under the foot of of the British Empire. And I kind of think that especially the inclusion of the American cowboy is one of the archetypical... Characters that he included that he was telling of more domestic imperialism versus, say, colonialism. And
1: yet, it's still the book works and worked for the British people because of that allegory of the foreigner coming over and stealing our young women. because Yeah,
0: because he made Dracula a foreign power. Everyone's like, that's right.
1: That's yeah. right. The new so world. What he might have been writing subtly England may have been different empire. for the reason why this, the book was successful and the fears are appeared well
0: i think it definitely was i think it was a brilliant move on his part to sell them a story that was not in any way what they thought they were reading scary far because the the british empire thinks of itself as the new world when compared to like the european yeah kingdoms like we're the the modern new world and like but yeah but you're the old world compared to america
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is and i really do think that Obviously all of Lucy's suitors represent an actual archetype of some kind, which is why they all that why they all gravitate around the same story and arc and character, you know, but they all you've got the, the frontiersman, the cowboy, the man of action, you've got this this lordly, like rich guy who's like the man of wealth and status. And then you have the doctor who is a man of science. These are the the, the sort of Trinity that surrounds Lucy that is actually, and this is why adaptations of this book make me crazy into film. That trio of characters is the centerpiece of the entire book. Their relationship yeah, with each other and to Dracula and the story is actually the a whole story. Yeah, it's such a beautiful idea and it's never understood and it just drives me nuts. Because...
1: Yeah, well, when you consider how they're brought in and the how annoying that long part of the story is... Between Jonathan Harker disappearing and reappearing, when it's just Lucy and Mina writing letters to each other, it is so long and boring, and it's really difficult to get through. And I can understand why people chop it out or just fall asleep during it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's
1: really only towards the end that they come into their own.
0: The thing is that the the book has a disastrous second act. If you think of it in terms of movies, you're trying to, and and I want to talk about that in a minute because there's a reason why that happens. That that I think was probably more interesting back then than it is now. But it makes it very difficult to adapt because it's like this racetrack that has this killer curve. Like the opening of Dracula is so sleek and cool, and you're like, well, I see where this is going right away. Guy shows up in the castle. It's all messed up. There's so much cool, creepy, scary stuff. Dude's
1: climbing down walls. There's these women trying to seduce him. They're eating a
0: baby? I mean,
1: that's yeah. in the book.
0: Like, that's something that... Well, that, like that, child, that, but... Well, they say child, but the wails of the child sort of suggest. But again, yeah. you have to be careful in the way that you say things like that. You have to be delicate in the way you bring that yeah. to the, uh, the audience at that time. But that just makes it worse, the ambiguity. But they're not just
1: eating a baby. They're gleefully eating a baby.
0: I know. He it, brings it home in a bag.
1: Yeah, and he chucks it to them and they're like, woo-hoo, baby!
0: Mm-hmm. It's like it, – it is horrific in the grandest sense of horror. And yeah, then and then he can't get
1: out and it's horrible. and then He
0: disappears and they cut to his girlfriend and you're like, what is going on? And that's the point where every movie that's ever tried to, to be made out of Dracula just comes right off the track. Every time they hit that curve, they're like, what do we do? Like, and every time they make the wrong decision. Every time.
1: Well, Even frank, the Francis Ford Coppola, book,
0: which actually is the only adaptation of the book that has all the characters in it.
1: I think following the book would be a mistake there because it, it is such a terribly oh, – because like, no. he's trying to draw out no the suspense argument. and that sort of thing. and You have this long, boring bit where they're writing letters to each other and or, or it's just Mina's journal and she's not writing about anything interesting. There's a long bit where she's doing – you know, As opposed people to Harker hear, who's like,
0: – we we understand Jonathan keeping a journal at first because first of all he's on a business trip and second he's doing something interesting. He's traveling uh, to a foreign land and all this stuff, and you think you know this is a correspondence that, that he'll want to share with whatever. And then something sinister is going on, and he starts keeping the journal, and and it's because and this at some point in the book becomes brilliant, but be, because the Dracula really. Is is sort of like the the prototype of the found footage POV style. I was just parliament. thinking
1: that because in in the book everything is from someone's perspective. Everything is Mina's journal or a letter from someone or a telegram or something and it's like using that. the
0: media of the time. It's exactly the, the language that they that they use and the way that he's presenting the story is exactly like those films are shot. They even mention, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to write this down because I'm going to practice my shorthand. So I'm going to write down every stupid thing that happens to me."
1: <laughs> I'm going to write and it down it because by the end important. of it they they really do have the I've got to document this type of mentality.
0: But that is what makes it awesome because, and that is the element that's really lost in in the movies, is like that's not just a device that's clever because he wants to switch POV from character to character. They actually reference the book itself to learn how to deal with the threat of Dracula. There are actually chapters where someone says, "Oh, while I'm writing this, they're in there reading the notes we already took. We're sharing notes." Like,
1: yeah, it's, and it's so wonderful because Mina reads, over reads over the book. Mina reads over the book. And she actually can understand, you know, where timelines are and that sort of thing. She's actually the brains of the operation. And
0: as they say, yeah, she's, she's so brilliant smart. enough to have
1: the mind of a man who could go past that woman. She has the mind of a <laughs> and, man.
0: <laughs> and they become – and she becomes a centerpiece character in an interesting way too. I don't think she's ever given justice in any dynamic. of the
1: movies because she's always just – Not
0: even remote. She's always just
1: a victim. And in the book, she's actually the brains of the operation. She And she gets and, taken over by this evil power which she's fighting the whole time. She's, she's clever. She's the only one who figures out, I mean, I don't know why the, in the end, she, she's going, okay, they're all like, where's Dracula going? And she's like, well, probably back to his castle. And they're like, hurrah, she has the brain of a man.
0: Of course. Yes. Who would have thought of that? Oh my God.
1: And they're like, which route will he but take? See, and she's like, well, he's on water. So how about we look at the river that's closest to his castle? And they're like, oh, isn't she brilliant? We love her. I'm
0: and like, they guys sort are of, you know, they, they, they still want to treat her with that, that, sense of chivalry. We have to protect Mina at all costs. Or like leave her out of this because, you know, we don't we can't stand it if something happens to if a light is, like her were to go out of the world, we'd all just die. And they leave her at home and so Dracula can get her. <laughs> Good job. Well, that's sort of showing you, you know, Frankenstein, the exact same thing happens in Frankenstein except for opposite reasons because his intentions are so self-absorbed that he doesn't even imagine the monster would attack his girlfriend. He just tries to protect himself. Well, the difference is that Jonathan Harker is at
1: home in bed with his wife when Dracula takes her. That's the scary thing. There's nothing Well, that's also
0: the good... That's also the good metaphor. It's like it's not a it's not a metaphor if your wife actually falls in love with Dracula because then you know you just need a better wife. <laughs> Let him have her.
1: Why did you marry one Ryder? But, Jesus.
0: But you, he can actually come into the bedroom and move in on her while you're there,
1: and you can't do a damn thing to stop it.
0: But what makes me mad is that he still manages to use her as the symbol of virtue in the story so that we still have that archetype being represented. But he also makes her a real character. Yeah. And he makes her aware. Self-awareness is a big part of that story because she's aware that she's being treated that way and responds to it. She's not – none of the characters are flat in that way even though they represent these – these Archetypes like even the cowboy character, he talks in these ridiculous cowboy draw and all this kind of stuff. Did but your audio but there's still a nobility <laughs>
1: in the audiobook versions. Oh, they try to do the accent uh, because in the book, they actually write in the accent. So there are he
0: writes these whole accents, he makes it hard for readers. You really
1: can't understand unless someone says it out loud to yeah. you, and you're like, oh, I, it's, it's, it's an accent.
0: You can't always understand if someone says it out loud either. Because <laughs> the, the readers that I had on it, they're trying, I mean, I honestly had no idea what accent they were trying to do, they were just lost. Yeah. And just reading the words. But but because he's stereotyped that way and because they're they're up up front in being two-dimensional, the dimension of them actually develops throughout the story. Because at first you have what is con- this shallow sort of storyline and it's it's shallowly represented in the Coppola film, which is, oh, Lucy has three suitors. They propose them one day and blah, 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 blah. But what you have what it develops into is this tragedy Mm. because you have these three friends who separately fall in love with this same girl. And when she chooses, two of them, you know, are gallant in, in bowing out, but they remain true to each other as friends and to her. And their love is pure because it's not selfish. They still want the best for her. And so when, something happens, it's like, he's calling out to his friends, it's like, you're a doctor, come help her, you know, and Quincy, the cowboy, shows up, it's like, what can we do? And they find out her soul is in jeopardy, and this crazy German guy's like, now we have to go chop her corpse's head off, and they're all stuck in this, like, this situation that it, that's beyond the scope of sanity.
1: And they, and they always have to make and, a long it brings speech
0: before together. they them together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then, because there's a theatrical element yeah. to it but but then the object of, of all that love is and the thing that is bringing them all together to this common purpose is removed and they still stick together this i really think that it, that dracula more than a horror story really is a is a sort of stereotypical adventure yeah, story yeah
1: it's kind of a man's own adventure and i really in a think way. you
0: can see the influence in stuff like tolkien Like you can see, where it sort of becomes this Lord of the Rings, where it's like this fellowship has formed, and I don't care why it formed; it's together now, and now we're going to remain true to each other, regardless of the purpose for which we said we would form. You know, so these guys all came together to help Lucy, and then that love is sort of transferred to to me. Because they're like, now she's in trouble. Yeah,
1: and they all decide that she's this. Yeah, sister. we will
0: not allow what happened to Lucy to happen to her. And it's this sort of noble transference. And, and then it becomes, for all three of them, a completely selfless love. Because they're just trying to yeah. save her because she's the one pure thing that they all have in common. Even even slightly, even vaguely. And the, the beauty of that character dynamic and that story element is not even... I mean, I feel certain in saying that it is not even vaguely understood by any filmmaker that has ever made a Dracula movie.
1: Well, all the filmmakers just go, what? Look, it's about Dracula drinking people's blood, and then yeah. there's the girl,
0: and, and got, that's what it's you about. You got a girl, you got three guys in love with her. How about this? One guy. One guy's in love with her. Okay. I've seen adaptations. How about we just lose
1: that first. The girl? only way they ever differ the is in which Lee characters
0: one? to keep. I've seen adaptations where Quincy was the single suitor. You know, you see adaptations where it's it's uh, Arthur in the the, the, the Bella Lugosi film. Doctor Seward is is uh, Mina's dad. <laughs> Mm. I think that's actually well, true the The, the Christopher Lee too. one
1: that is that there is no wives There was only one girl at Dracula's palace And her name is Lucy And then they get back and there's another girl called Lucy Who was Jonathan's uh, wife <laughs> oh, to be yeah. And then and she the, immediately dies And, and then Mina was, is the husband of some other person I think
0: in the BBC version Lucy and Mina are sisters I mean it's like I, the, the butchery of the character dynamic It's like it just shows that you have no idea what to do like I I know well, that a literal translation of the book is not what's warranted, but the spirit of the story they're trying to tell, I mean that's what's just mind-boggling about the Coppola film. It's well, like so of the many of these scenes are from the book. Why doesn't it make sense? Because like, they don't know what the scenes mean. <laughs> one of the things
1: that they they replace a lot is they replace the religion. It is a very religious story. They go on about religion all the time, and it's about a brotherhood or a fellowship mm-hmm. of men. Uh, fighting to protect this pure good woman who is praying the whole time so and, and they often say you know God's will be done whatever God wants God will protect us and a lot of religious it's not just the cross that affects him it's any religious artifact will affect the the vampires so and that's it's, it's a very important element invent, that they don't bring in
0: but he introduces that you know none of the vampires Varney doesn't care about crosses and anything I've seen so far <laughs> Carmilla there's a lot of rules there but they don't she does not like religious stuff. Like, there is a scene where she does not like the, 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 the hymn as the, as the funeral procession is passing and all that. She doesn't like that stuff. And her arch nemesis in the book is pretty much the grandfather of, of Van Helsing. He's a priest called Baron Vordenberg. Baron Vordenberg. pretty much an analog of of, uh, of Van Helsing.
1: But I do like how they 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 pull play on the concept in the in the book. They do say cursed and thrust from the side of God, and that's what the the burning of the religion. You we know when they touch the religious objects, they burn because God yeah. hates them.
0: Well, and he has so many clever like he has all the gadget stuff like the 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 the, the God gadgets that yeah. you use. Like he has like these communion wafers that he breaks out and like that like he breaks them up and makes a circle out of them and they can't pass the circle and all like anything yeah. religious will, will ward off vampires and Dracula.
1: Yeah. I like that. Of it's, course it's the, the garlic it's thing of, is
0: not a religious thing, but it's, it goes back to the old myth.
1: Well, it's part of what it's about. When, why do people cling to religion? It's as part of a protection. It's part of a feeling of safety in these times. They cling to religion to sort of feel safe and they think that someone's up there to protect them
0: well it's like fairy rules again you can't create a monster and now that translates now into superheroes but it's actually the same concept you cannot create a sufficiently powerful creature without giving it an overt weakness
1: yeah we well, have in, to be able in to the case of heroes
0: way. it's because there has to be drama and there's no drama if they're invincible in the case of monsters you have to give people hope there has to be a way that you can overcome in vampires it actually comes down to be very simple it's, it's always purity and virtue you know it has to be violently protected sometimes but that's really what it's all about of course it's also what draws the vampire yeah <laughs> like, so I mean if you're sort of halfway if you're middle of the road you' that may be the best way to go according to these stories
1: well i you know don't, I'd like to I'd like to see a to unicorn attack a vampire one day wouldn't that be a good story takes it out with this, with a horn that's what maybe that's what unicorns are made for because they like purity
0: exactly well yeah why didn't but, they put that in a know, story that's that's all virgins get. It's like you know, of all the things, the, the only thing that good we get to do is kill a unicorn, and that's bullshit. I don't know one virgin that wants to do that. Well,
1: Mina isn't a virgin.
0: Well, she gets married. The she's she's of the a story. married
1: lady. But um, that doesn't help her. But that's the thing. That, that's why vir- the love virginity story is not the the, virtue the love story, of the story seems to it's, irritate me because he doesn't. He doesn't go after Mina because he's in love with her. He actually says to her, I'm going to take you and kill you in a terrible and painful way because you and your friends have been trying to kill me and this is my revenge on you. Yeah. He's very clear about that. That's the
0: whole business. He keeps trying to tell them. And the Dracula, the Bella Lugosi Dracula is a good one because it does have some good confrontations between Lugosi, like the Lugosi Dracula and the Van Helsing, which is good. But they have some fun confrontations in that because he's like, what are you going to do against me? Yeah. Like, I live forever. And you're like nothing. And that's where their faith comes in also. It's like, well, we have each other. And one thing, the old world versus new world co- thing comes again and why this sort of POV kind of story device works and it's sort of lost in translation now because it's old hat to us. First person stories are old hat to us and that level of of POV shift we're we're familiar with so we're not impressed with it but really the reason that that's important to the story is because their ability to document what's going on is is a direct metaphor for triumphing like technology triumphing over superstition. Mm. Because everything they use, like I'm going to write all my notes down in shorthand, so Dracula can't even read it. But plus, that also explains why I'm able to keep these detailed notes with, with which is probably not a whole lot of paper. Yeah. And, you know, the doctor actually records everything on a phonograph and then Lucy comes in. because She's like a stenographer. Well, not Lucy. Arminia comes in and, and actually compiles it all. It's like we are actually using modern technique to fight an ancient evil. Yeah, and,
1: they, That's why and because we will they prevail. can use that, we are, they, we're they're able to, you know, compile their details and figure out how to kill him and that sort of business.
0: Yeah, that, this is why we we'll win because the new world is stronger it's than the old world. because we have he each has other. All, all these powers. It's like we're chasing him. He controls the wind. But we're going, we're going to get there because, you know, I check the train schedules and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. It's very modern. It's like, like Lucy's like, I memorize the train schedules just in case i have like, um, I keep saying, it's these damn movies that do it. Yeah, Mina, is the one who comes up and is like, I know where all the trains are going. and Like, oh, this genius woman, everything. She has a male brain. She has a bunch of condescending assholes, by the way. Yeah, they're all... Stop thinking it's a revelation every time I know something.
1: (laughs) And every time she figures something out, Van Helsing (laughs) just worships her. Oh, you're so clever. Oh, Mina. Oh, (laughs) shut up. You're
0: a thousand.
1: Did you... I love the passage where um, she's describing him talking and he doesn't understand the... um, the, the sailor's swearing and he's like everything was covered in blood and he's, they're actually just swearing at him they were saying everything was blood and everything was blooming <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like you know if, if Mina was writing this he's down she was probably character. with her feminine delicacy omit those words yeah. but it's rather amusing He's amusing. I like how he talks about how he doesn't make any friends except the whole time. He's like, I want you to be my best friend now as soon as they meet. Oh, I love you. my best friend now. Okay, let's be best friends.
0: And then you realize he's just a lonely, sad old man.
1: <laughs> I like this one the thing point. The end.
0: He's like, it doesn't matter if I go out and get killed because all my best days are behind I like me. this
1: one point where Dr. Seward says, I wonder if Van Helsing's made all this up and he's actually doing this because he's really clever and he's clever enough to actually do it. I wonder. It's, it's an amusing point that you think, you know, maybe that's what, where that, this, this book should have gone. Maybe Van Helsing was just doing this all to make friends well, with people.
0: There are some confusing elements as to Van Helsing and what he's about. And for a long time in the book, Van Helsing just pisses you off. And I'm still not sure it was satisfactorily explain, because when Val- Van Helsing comes along, he seems to know already
1: Well, he already knows how on. to treat Lucy. He knows about like, the flowers. He knows about the bloodstreams. Yeah, seasons. he
0: knows. So, yeah. You know, if you'd told us the stakes... Maybe we would have. Then maybe, you know... Lucy's mom. I know you can't, because he tries to explain that in the story by saying, you know, I can't just lay it all out for him, because Lucy's mom is so frail that if you just scare her a little, she'll drop dead. Yeah. Like that's like that's sort of like his device for explaining why Van Helsing does doesn't do like like Anthony Hopkins in the Coppola movie. You go, she's the devil's concubine. <laughs>
1: He's like, funny in that movie. If he
0: did that, like her mom would have died immediately.
1: Slice that ham.
0: (laughs) Anthony Hopkins Van Helsing would have destroyed Lucy's mom on day one the second he entered their home.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't think her character is even in the movie anyway, so it doesn't matter.
1: But that's the thing. He never tells anybody. And and every other woman in the whole book is useless. I mean, they have maids and they just get drunk and run away. They have other people and they're just useless as. So nobody else in the book who's not a man or has possessed a man's brain. Is, is it at all useful
0: yeah and that's, he's like
1: we can't tell yeah, the maids what's going on he like, like, couldn't just chuck a maid like in the he, room he
0: Fills the. why can't you just say that these the, the, the garlic flowers are of crucial medicinal importance you don't have to say why but the mom's like oh I got those awful things out of there so I'm sure she's fine and he's like oh god she just killed her yeah that's horrible uh, you can't even say anything about it just awful it's like, well, you know. You could have just told us. You just do things. And you don't explain anything. Like people require some level of explanation. That it bothered me for the longest time in the book, and it sort of comes out a little bit that Van Helsing is not a hundred percent sure what's going on either. He's like, well, you know, I I've seen some things, I've done some things, and I know some things, but that doesn't mean that I knew for a fact that this was a whole vampire situation. Well, the fact is, as soon as Lucy so, what, dies, go Lucy
1: dies, and they get Jonathan Harker's account that. that- confirms in his mind what's going on and that's only after then do they decide okay let's go and kill Dracula I mean if they had have known beforehand that there was some horrible person out there trying to drink blood, they. I mean I don't know he could have just told them that there was a horrible person anyway and then only after that do they mobilize and they're like oh we didn't know that all along he was living right next door to us you know, and it's like well if we had have, you yeah, know,
0: that's the worst thing like oh I actually sold in that house like oh Jonathan god damn it Really? Should I have mentioned that?
1: (laughs) And if they had just... If he had just opened up to them earlier and told them all this stuff, they might have put it all together because, you know, he could have just told Mina and her man's brain would have figured it out. Because all the rest of them are dumbass. Well, that
0: goes back to the disastrous second act. The donut hole in the story is from the exact moment that Jonathan... They cut away from Jonathan and the castle to pretty much when Lucy dies. <laughs> like everything between then is just a total test of yeah, your patience as it a reader. Really
1: is. As a listener.
0: And and it's all geared towards, you know, in those days it probably made more sense because it was geared towards orienting people to that POV style which is now, you know, it's now common to us. So it they go into all this explanation from now I'm doing this and I have to tell you about this because it's like, we get it it's a diary, all right? Cut to interior Next scene Yeah and the
1: the amount of time Lucy takes a long time to die She just She just hangs And and then just like Oh Strangely Every time she sleeps Walks when the moon is full She starts getting sicker Oh Oh look she's better again I'm sure she'll get Oh no she's sick again Oh she's better again I'm sure everything's gonna be fine
0: The suspense of that is I guess (sighs) because At that time Again We're used to the vampire genre. It's Like well because it's vampire Yeah you know, where he's trying to build some level of suspense, but like, "Oh no!" But
1: he's already told on? us it's about related. the vampires in the Although, beginning. We already know.
0: He know, Yeah, we know there's vampires. But he's, I think, also drawing one thing Carmilla did that that I think he's doing a little bit here also is is um, Carmilla equated the vampire with plague. Yeah. Wherever that's for a long time. In fact, the, the dad and Carmilla just assumes it's a plague, and that you know the superstitious townsfolk could have invented this idea of a demon Because figure, we you know?
1: aristocrats are so like much smarter than the It really the equates it
0: really well with, with night terror. Yes, yeah. is what it is. This old hag, like this cat or old hag like pressing down on your chest while you're trying to sleep. It's it's a total like embodiment of, of the traditional night terror like superstition yeah. and where that comes from. But just putting in a vampire. So he's he just equates it that way scientifically and he's a real yeah. lunkhead. Like he's a good long haired dad. <laughs> they have to have Every them. Every <laughs> good horror movie needs one. So
1: bad.
0: Oh, they yeah, have to have them. <laughs> what is your take on uh do you want to continue this and come back next week and talk some more? I got some more Dracula. We're not done with Dracula.
1: Yeah. Um whatever you like. And I I'm definitely
0: do. I don't feel done. We haven't even gotten into talking. I think next week we could focus on Dracula in film and what that did. Well, we sort
1: of we sort of we sort of Doing the book now, and when if we feel like we're finished with the book, that might be a good place to stop. And then next week we can look forward into the impact of Dracula and where it's gone.
0: Yeah, and that'll give me a chance to peruse over the next week these notes and see if I mi- I missed anything. I think I think we're pretty much on on topic, and I don't think I've missed any of the points I wanted to cover. But but I have okay. to say, when the when the idea of doing a Dracula episode was suggested, I was not a big fan and and I've been very impressed actually so I'm glad that I got this opportunity between looking at the the lore of and uh, history of vampires in in our pop culture and just Dracula in general as a story you know it, it, to be honest with you to be fair it, it was because the Dracula movies are usually crappy I, mean, so that's I, did, tr- I didn't realize that's that true. there was a Dracula to like but we'll talk about we will talk about them I have watched m- Practically every crappy Dracula movie. I think it's impossible. So, I, <laughs> I, think I haven't it's seen impossible. them all. But I could squeeze a couple in before next week. I could watch I Dracula AD that... 1972 with Christopher Lee. I think that's on stream. Oh uh,
1: I think that one of the problems is that they either try to be a Dracula movie or a vampire movie and nobody really takes it seriously. I think you have to take you know, Dracula they...
0: seriously. Like, uh, and I don't mean. I think that the, the problem with Dracula and Frankenstein and all these things is people. The reason I, I fear reinvention is people are always like, well, we're gonna we're gonna do a new take. It's like it doesn't need a new take. No one no one did it the first time. Yeah. You know, and no one's caught that the lightning in a bottle from the story. So if you want to be creative, then make up your own damn story. But right now we're telling Dracula.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I I feel like nobody really has done vampires properly. I mean you you touched on this in your vampire episode. There's not a lot of movies where it's just about a scary vampire dude chasing you. Maybe Fright night, but there's not a lot that are like that. Yeah, that's mostly like the vampires Let Me In are... so
0: much. And I know you yeah. like Let the Right One In better. I actually enjoyed Let Me In better as a story than Let the Right One In, but they're both good. Well, Let the, the book's right one in being the Well, I may have to read that book. But well, you, not so while. You should read I'm... the book because I'm then done you'll with see vampires for the brilliance
1: of the first movie. I think you'll I'll see. Be how I'll be
0: listening to Varney on audio tape for at least another year at this rate. <laughs> good. <laughs> well, Lord. Maybe next year we'll come back and a Varney chapters, the vampire I've on, only done fifty. I'm start taking some <laughs> long trips. At least with Librivox, it's free. But but good. I'm glad, i'm I'm looking forward to coming back to this topic. And and this is a perfect. I'm glad we're getting a chance to do this before. Good. Halloween. Next
1: week, more Dracula.
0: And uh, we do have a new Venus Skytrap out. So if you For those of you For those Venus Skytrap mem- Cast members <laughs> Who listen to this program There's a new episode That you may be in Which is sad Because Rude wrote me It's like When's that out It's like Oh there's a new one out But you're not in that one You're not into the next one It's like, so, it's like Not even a payoff For the people that are in it So Except so for me
1: and Ben And we're very excited We're so excited We haven't listened to it yet <laughs> Yeah really. Oh
0: well I'll Just wait till a couple Build up Give it a few years
1: I've been listening to Dracula for ages. The thing takes forever. Well.
0: I'm so glad. I, I may try to work in some more vampire research before next time, and at least I'll get a little more Varney under my belt. But <laughs> I feel good that I can kind of ease up a little bit on you, the you, you
1: probably have to do Varney or research. You might not be able to have time to do both.
0: Well, see, Vernie's just while I'm in the car. That's why I haven't got through it, because it's just I'm just listening to that while I drive I around. Listen I listened to Dracula all of yesterday,
1: and of I still didn't have it quite finished this morning. I just had to read the rest of it, because I was just, oh, I'm not going to get this finished.
0: That's what I ended up doing with Dracula. I was like, oh, forget this audiobook. And I just picked up the book and finished it. I was like, let's just get this over with. Well, I'm I just did the last,
1: I think the last two or three chapters. I read them this morning. And there's, you know, the, the big finale, which is... Yeah, they just, like, chop off his head. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, not as exciting. Yeah, that's another
0: thing I can see why you want to sexy it up a little bit. But that same scene could have been, you know, made into an exciting film scene. You didn't have to change the scene. You just well, bump I, up the I action. I think it's
1: interesting bit. how Quincy dies because it's just, like, the the gypsies are trying to protect Dracula. Dracula like an, it doesn't get to kill anyone It's like else. an
0: afterthought. Yeah, too. That, oh, you know, by the way, they, Quincy died. <laughs> oh, then Quincy died like he makes it to the end
1: yeah poor Quincy
0: but I think you know we didn't mention much about the POV shift but Quincy's one of the characters that also he represents sort of a frontiersman he never documents he's not in fact when they split up it becomes part of the device of the story that they have to decide to pair off characters who don't keep journals with people who do basically (laughs) Because they're just like uh, Quincy, you go with that guy. He keeps the journal, and you come with me <laughs> because you don't.
1: Quincy can't uh, write. That's it's, he's American. What he do you well, know about writing?
0: Exactly. So, well, because he doesn't represent the industrial society. Quincy. He is uh, Represents the frontier. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who always brings guns and gives them to everybody. I but love the scene the, where the they're there. They're having a little. They're right? having a
1: little talk about stuff, and Quincy just wanders out. Next thing you know, the, the shots being fired in the window, and he's like, "Sorry about that." I was, sorry, shooting I was at something. So bad.
0: I, so I was just shooting at, something. at the window that we're sitting next to? <laughs> I was just shooting what? at something and I
1: forgot that you guys were in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: sorry if I scared you.
1: Yeah, it would have been quite amusing if you had killed one in there. Oh, shit, eh? <laughs> just killed Professor <laughs> oh, well, Van Helsing. Too bad he didn't tell us anything.
0: Yeah, that's really not that much a loss when you think about it.
1: <laughs> they could have just Maybe killed Mina there and their whole, whole lives would have been better.
0: Cut their heads off and get a bunch of religious crap. That's what he said. Yeah. Why we have to carry the geezer around with us at that point? <laughs> All right. Well, good. We, this, this is going to be fertile ground for next week as well. Then. I'm, I'm still going to be
1: angry about Mina then, so that's good.
0: Yeah, really. Mina, yeah, if we're angry about her just talking about the book, wait till we get to the movies. Good oh, God. Yeah. I got notes, but it's like I tried to. I didn't even bother taking notes about all the things they got wrong Because like, they, they were too numerous to even try to document from movie to movie I so do, I I do remember watching down. one
1: movie where Mina is actually the one orchestrating the death of the vampire You may not have seen that one
0: I'm not sure which one I it saw It starts off with kittens I don't think I saw that one It's the
1: one that starts off with kittens So if you see one that starts with kittens That's the f- one of the few ones where I was like Mina's actually a character in this one Every all the guys yeah. are running around getting themselves killed or whatnot and she's the one who's going, Alright, oh, this is what's gonna happen. Vampire's gonna come, he's gonna feed on me, you guys come. You know, like she does the whole thing herself. I think Jonathan even dies in that one. She takes care of herself.
0: I may not have even seen that one. 'Cause I don't I don't remember that. I remember the the BBC one there's sort of a sinister like cast on her intentions. Cause when she's like figuring out the way to the castle, they're making, they pr- portray it as though she's going there because she's drawn by Dracula. She's like, I remember this from Jonathan's part of this diary. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, well, but in the book, we'll, she really we'll get into is Mina's like, bad
1: fine. intentions next week. <laughs> yeah. Next week. Very cool. Yeah, bad intentions. This could be a four
0: <laughs> like We may have done the first two parts already. <laughs>
1: Why Mina makes me angry <laughs>
0: Yeah, Really, Amina a With you mini Mina Minnesota
1: <laughs> Well in the musical There's a whole other thing but I'll, we'll bring up the musical next week How about <laughs>
0: okay, that Yeah, Let's get to musical but Yeah then maybe I should listen to those clips before next time I didn't get to the musical Dracula <laughs> Well alright We'll, <laughs> no, we'll get on to that think... In the meantime you, you can listen yeah. to uh, Other episodes at tv 8 You can visit us on the forum at forum.tv 8 com. you can like us on Facebook and we're also on the Twitter so if you want to follow us on Twitter you can do that too but we'll be back next week with more Dracula we certainly will so I will see you then my name is Sean
1: I'm Lynn and good night. thank you Good night. yay <laughs> don't drink blood people it's bad for you
0: this has been TV Eight My Denner. Don't forget to visit our forum at ww.forum dot TV eight my